Fun Ideas Productions presents the Fun Ideas Podcast. This is the Slow Poisoner. I come to you from the future with these words of warning. It's a hot horror planet. It's a hot horror planet. It's a hot. Hi, this is Mark Arnold, and welcome to Fun Ideas Podcast number 98. This episode is sponsored by the fine folks at Lee's Comics. Hi, I'm George Takei. You know me as Helmsman Sulu on Star Trek. When I'm not busy going Warp Factor 8, I like to beam down to Lee's Comics and spend a lazy afternoon reading comics classics from Marvel to DC, from Dark Horse to Fantagraphics, and everything in between. So please, spend some time here at Lee's Comics and spend your hard-earned cash. <coughs> Lee's Comics eBay store is still going strong with over 10,000 vintage comics, the majority of which are now on sale. For half off, choose from Lee's huge stock of golden, silver, bronze, and modern age comics, and specializing in Silver Age Marvel titles. You can count on friendly service, accurate grading, and quick, secure shipping backed by a money-back guarantee. To check out Lee's eBay store, go to eBay. Click Advanced Search to the left of the search bar, scroll down to Sellers, and enter Lee's Comics Inc. Period. That's L-E-E-S-C-O-M-I-C-S-I-N-C. Period. Don't forget the period. Lee's Comics is shipping daily with no delays. New items daily. Mention the Fun Ideas Podcast and get a free bonus gift. Long title. Looking for the good times. Examining the monkey song one by one by Michael Aventrella and Mark Arnold. A book that examines each song, gives lots of details about each song, and our own personal opinions. You can find this book on Amazon, Barnes & Nobles, and anywhere where good books are being sold. Our webpage is wordpress.monkeys.com, where you can see many of the songs and give your own opinions of them. And we will be discussing this more on Zilch. Hey, Michael, it says here we've written another book about the monkeys. Wasn't the first one enough? Not at all, Mark. Our original book, Looking for the Good Times, Examining the Monkey Songs One by One, was very successful, but only covered half the story. Which half? The group half. Our new book, Headquartered, A Timeline of the Monkey's Solo Years, covers the solo half. Who knew the monkeys record so many solo albums? Not only that, but this book covers all of their solo projects, including stage shows, horse racing, running record labels, directing and starring in TV shows and movies, voice acting, and jail. Jail? Did the monkeys go to jail? Ah, you have to read the book to find out. You sold me. Have you sold them? Who, who, who's them? Those people out there listening to this. Well, listen to this. This book has discographies, photos, and other information about the prefab for Mickey, Davy, Peter, and Mike, the solo monkeys, plus another nifty cover by Scott Shaw. Wow, he did our last cover. 
And this one's equally good. Where can you get this masterpiece? Announcer. Announcer? That's me. <clears throat> get Headquartered, a timeline of the Monkey Solo Years, written by Michael A. Ventrella and Mark Arnold. Those two guys. It's available in hardback, paperback, or ebook from BearManorMedia.com or from Amazon. Get your copies today. Cool. I'm going to get one today. No news about my various book projects. Just please take the time to purchase my books on Harvey Comics, The Beatles, The Chipmunks, The Monkeys, Disney, Pink Panther, Underdog, Jack Davis, John Severin, Crack Magazine, and Dennis the Menace. They make great gifts. All are available on Amazon. Most are available through Bear Manor Media, and most are in hardback, paperback, and ebook. Today's guest reviews the various Disney comic books now being published by IDW, plus other things Disney and animation. Here he is, Matthew LeBlanc. All right, uh, we are here on Fun Ideas Podcast number 98. Woo, almost number 100. Uh, we have with us today our special guest is Matthew LeBlanc. How are you? I'm good. All right. And uh, today you're on here primarily to talk about Disney comics, but like I said before we started recording, I'm open to talking about anything. So <laughs> uh, we could talk about uh, TV shows, animation, music, whatever you want to do. So, mm -hmm. uh, but I guess uh, the first thing I'll ask since you came in with the subject of Disney comics is uh, tell me a little bit about yourself and how you got interested in comic books and Disney comics in particular. Uh, pretty much I do kind of book reviews on Disc Kingdom, basically Disney Kingdom, where e we're a site that covers all sorts of Disney news. And we have a spin-off site called What's on Disney Plus, so we cover everything that's on Disney Plus. And how I got started in comics was basically at school we had like a little library and we had like Tintin, Asterix, the Smurfs, you know, the French classics. Cool. <laughs> and basically that's all I read until I got a subscription to uh, Mickey Parade, which is a French magazine that publishes uh, Disney comics. Oh, okay. And uh, I assume you can read French. If, if yes, I was born French, so we learned French and I mainly learned English through watching cartoons. Okay. And then how did uh, reading Mickey Parade translate to a love of all Disney comics, if you love all the Disney comics? Uh, basically, for the longest time, I just had Mickey Parade, but I, re I randomly walked into a comic book store, and they had a section of Gemstone comics, which is like Mickey Mouse and Friends, Donald Duck and Friends, Uncle Scrooge. It's, it's okay. And the issue that I picked up my first English Disney comic was the adaptation of Runaway Brain, because that was my favorite short at the time. Yeah. <laughs> and then I stopped picking them up because they were honestly a little bit too expensive. They were like $5 each for these Disney comics at the time. <laughs> and then what got you back into it? <laughs> Uh, basically, when the boom picked up the Disney license and started doing comics based on Darkwing Duck, DuckTales, Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers, that's how I slowly got back into it. And mm -hmm. then in 2016, I got picked up by Disc Kingdom, and basically I started getting comic book uh, review copies from IDW and Joe Books, and 
basically started reviewing comics. So I've been learning more and more about Disney comics as time went on. <laughs> and so when you do reviews, do you do just reviews of the current stuff or do you actually step back in the time machine and review an older book or only if they reprint an older story? I usually tend to do whatever's current in stores, but I've been taking a break, so I've been thinking of going back to do some classic stuff that I own, like basically like a out of the comic vault kind of thing to see how that goes. Mm -hmm. And um, since you have a like a, you know a pretty large amount of Disney comics, uh, I assume that you have your favorites. Uh, so. What, what titles are your favorites or what artists or writers are your favorites? Um, honestly, my favorite Disney artist is, uh, I, I hope I'm not butchering the name, but uh, Giorgio Casavano. That's, uh, <laughs> that's one of the Italian Disney artists. There's mm -hmm. also Romano Scarpa, mm -hmm. uh, Floyd, Carl uh, Barks, mm -hmm. um, Paul Murray. Basically, I have, I love the stuff from the 40s and 50s and, like, the 90s. Because mm -hmm. the 60s and 70s are not really <laughs> the best era for Disney comics. Uh, basically, Gold Key Whitman. Uh, no, no, thank you. I don't want to know about Beagle Boys' cats. <laughs> <laughs> I think, uh, though, honestly, those lean years, as it were, of the 70s and 80s, uh, post Barks probably helped elevate Barks to like the status he is. I yeah, think it, because he got commissioned to do those paintings in the seventies, and uh, you know it's like they didn't have anybody. I guess Tony Strobel might have been the closest, <laughs> but even he is kind of uh, compared to yeah. Karl Barks, you know. And um, there's like uh, Al Telferino, the the Donald Duck artist for the strip. He mm -hmm. was the second closest, but I I recall. Oh, Talia Farrow. That's yeah. <laughs> it's a it's a it's a shame that they stopped publishing the collections. Yeah, but um, I've noticed that on Disney over the years. I mean, you know me as a big Harvey fan, and it's the same mm -hmm. situation. Long gaps with nothing. So yeah. Do you, do you remember do? a little? Do you remember a title called Harvey Hits from Joe yeah. Books that never yes. made it past the first issue? Right. <laughs> and then they had the covers solicited for two, three, and four. And there's supposed to be a graphic novel, but then, and I assume Joe Books is no more. I don't see their stuff. No, out. they went out of business last year. Okay. Because I knew they did get Disney stuff out. Yeah. Yeah. Basically their Disney afternoon license went to IDW and they did eight issues of reprints of the boom stuff. And then it got canceled because <laughs> they used the, boom version of the first arc of Darkwing Duck, which was ghost-ridden by another writer because the previous writer got fired. Hmm. And then Joe Books published the, basically the upgraded edition of the Darkwing Duck series that was written by the rightful writer, Aaron Sparrow. Hmm. So after that, their other stuff went to Dark Horse, so they have the Disney Princess license, and they have the license to do all the comics based on the recent movies like Frozen, Incredibles, that kind of thing. Right. And 
What was the last thing Joe Books put out? Was it one of those things? That... Uh, it was one of those cine stories. You know those books where it's just screenshots of the movie or the TV show? Oh, Their yeah. last book was the cine story for the Big Hero TV series. Mm, okay. Um, I think the last But thing in I terms guess... of their proper comic, it was a one-shot of Big Hero 6 comics from Italy. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it, it was a one-shot. I don't that think I ever saw a, that. <laughs> and, that. And there was a one-shot of Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, mm-hmm. which was a reprint of the 90s French adaptation from Dargo. Hmm. <laughs> and other than that, it was Princess 17, and that's it. Done. There were countless, countless delays. The titles we announced never showed up. And yeah. all of a sudden, they just went out of business just like that. Yeah. So, uh, is ID, IDW the only Disney licensee publisher in the um, U.S. now? Or even even that's a stretch. Because <laughs> their, their IDW titles have been delayed constantly. Okay. Let me tell you about Big Hero 6, this series, the comic. Okay. <laughs> that comic was supposed to be published in... June of 2018, and it got delayed all the way to the fall of 2019. And number two and number three were supposed to be published that September and October, but it got delayed till last month. Wow. They just <laughs> released it on Comixology, no physical edition at all. Mm. Drop, Shadow dropped out of nowhere. Hmm. So is it, I guess... I'll answer my own question, but is it difficult keeping up with what's coming out because it's so erratic? Unfortunately, I've been trying to follow the uh, release schedules, and sometimes it appears that something's coming out, but it's not there, or it gets delayed until a date that's not even in the catalog. Like uh, the Haunted Mansion graphic novel that came out in October was supposed to be a release from last year, but there's countless delays. Mm-hmm. And right now, it appears that we were, we were supposed to get comics and stories number 14, but that hasn't shown up, hmm. unfortunately. And Uncle Scrooge is nowhere to be seen so far. Hmm. So like I said, IDW is the only current publisher. Uh, there, there are currently four publishers, but hmm, IDW is the biggest. Okay, where are the other There's, ones? I'm not uh, sure. <laughs> Dark Horse has the movie titles and okay. the Disney Princess titles. Yeah. Right now, it's for Princess. It's all reprints of the Joe Book stuff, but starting <laughs> next year, it's all going to be all new material from Amy Meberson, which is the artist behind the original comic and Pocket Princesses, a webcomic that's really popular. Mm-hmm. And Fantagraphics has all of the older titles under their Disney Masters, Donald Duck, and Uncle Scrooge titles, those big hardcovers. Okay. Yen Press, which is a manga company, has <laughs> the Witch and Wizards of Mickey titles under their belts. And I just recently picked up Wizards of Mickey, and it's a pretty big book. It's 270 pages for $16. It's worth it. So um, I know uh, they probably went out a few years ago, but uh, so uh, I think uh, 
slave labor was doing a few titles like haunted mansion and stuff but they they're done uh, they had gargoyles too yeah and i think they had a couple others that did like one one or two issues like an alice in wonderland or something or it was just called alice um so i don't uh, even recall that one um but anyway are they out of the the running right now uh, they lost the license almost a decade ago Okay. Oh, <laughs> I and I you forgot, how long ago I read them, but you know. I forgot <laughs> the fourth company that has the license is Tokyo Pop, but they mainly oh, yeah. deal with manga. So okay. there's a Stitch manga, there's a Nine for Christmas manga, and there's called one called Dancing Waterland, which is basically about a girl that uses these trading cards to summon Disney characters to help her dance. Mm-hmm. And then the other company you mentioned. Um, Boom has just gone out of business, I guess. I mean, uh, no, they're still around. Oh, okay. They just don't have the Disney license anymore. Uh, no, no. The, okay. They basically have like Cartoon Network and Garfield. That's about it. So oh, okay. Other, other than that, their <laughs> biggest stuff is like Aliens versus Predator. Basically, they have a whole bunch of 20th Century Fox licenses because they're like 30% owned by Fox and now they're 30% owned by Disney now. So now they have Marvel and a part of Boom. <laughs> so I guess technically with that, I guess Boom is kind of publishing Disney if it's 20th century Fox, kind of. I guess. I guess. I mean, it's kind of silly now. I mean, you could say Star Wars or something, just, you know, is Disney and everything else. But there know? is one big question <laughs> left. Yes. Who would you protect... Uh, predict that would have the Simpsons comics because uh, Bongo went out of business a few years ago and because yeah. supposedly it was because of the Disney purchase so yeah. who do you think would get the big juicy license? I don't know. I mean it's like um, it's not going to be Marvel or DC I'll tell you that. Um, yeah my money's on uh, Dark Horse or IDW. I was going to say Dark Horse Um uh, I don't know about IDW nowadays because uh, they kind of seem... They're having a lot of money troubles. Yeah. <laughs> like right now, yeah. in terms of Disney, their biggest selling stuff is Marvel and Star Wars titles geared more for kids. Yeah. Although, you know, uh, that would be, I guess, a reason why they could do it is that they already have Star Wars, just like the Disney Plus... Uh, streaming service, you know, is kind of tie things in a little bit better if they're mm-hmm. into the synergy. <laughs> but that uh, makes sense. But you know, I, I've learned in recent years is Disney's not the greatest on synergy, and <laughs> no, especially I'm... when it comes to crossovers, they don't want crossovers that much. Yeah. And I forgot, I, I, I've been listening to my older podcast because I'm going to do a, a special best of on episode 100, and I forgot who I was listening to over again, but, he, uh, you know, it, it was, oh, I know, um, oh, shoot, what was his name? Um, he worked for Disney for a time, and I, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, sorry. Uh, but anyway, um, he worked in the comic business for quite a while, and uh, I asked him, why, why weren't you able to... Uh, like promote things in Disney Adventures at the time was what he was working on and things like that. And he goes, yeah, unfortunately, Disney doesn't work that way. And that was back in the 90s. So, wow. Oh, I know. He was the editor on all the Disney um, comics when Disney was actually publishing. Uh, was it like uh, Len Wen or something like that? Not him. 
I should I should look it up. It's embarrassing because I just listened to the show and I, his, his name escapes me. But um, anyway, that's what he was editing at the time. And it was I was asking about the Disney implosion. It's in my archives, so you can listen to the older episode. But yeah, I've been very curious about that. I had been slowly collecting all of the 90s Disney comics just to give me something to do. Yeah. It's, it's way cheaper than collecting the Dell stuff. That yeah. I can tell you. I'll send you a link. Um, the person who recommended me talk to him was Dana Gabbard, and he's a huge, huge Chuck fan. I don't know if you're aware of him. Uh, he used mm. to publish a fanzine uh, called the Duckbird Times about Carl uh, Barks way back when, the 70s and 80s. So that shows you yeah, I heard how about far that. back I'm going here. <laughs> That's um, way before I was born. <laughs> I mean, th- here's what you missed. I mean, it's so uh, when I when I grew up. Um, I was born in 66. The first Walt Disney Comics and Stories was almost the first one without Carl Barks. So I never saw Carl Barks for years. And, and so I heard about him in the 70s, and they were saying, you know, this is the, all the comics with the good duck artist. And they hadn't started really reprinting him. And I said, what good duck artist? These guys are kind of okay. And then it was probably about late 70s, 77, 78. I finally saw what this guy could do. And I go, oh, okay, good artist here. Why aren't they just reprinting his stuff? You know, and this is long before the oversized volumes, you know, all the different uh, albums and versions that they've had over the years of Carl Barks. Yeah, I got a whole bunch behind me. You you got it easy. It's like now you can just buy the whole thing. If you have money, you just buy the whole. (laughs) But for years, it was like, why don't they reprint this? Why don't they put that out? Why don't they, you know? And then in 1984, when Whitman was doing them, they got real. It's just like currently, uh, they got really sporadic in their distribution and you couldn't find them. And then they were gone. And uh, in 86, Gladstone, new company, took it over. And they suddenly did it right. And I love the Gladstone ones. Those are great. Uh, was it like the full Rainbow Collection or something? That was the name of it? That was the oversized hardbacks that first came out. They were like in the same slip cases, like an- another Rainbow. That's what it was called. And uh, they did a little Lulu series, and it was similar to those. Have you seen those Russ Cochran EC volumes of like Tales from the Crypt and those things? Yeah, I where's... don't really follow horror comics, to be honest. Okay. <laughs> but um, they're, they're like in these oversized library books in a slipcase, so like in a box set of four. That was like the first real reprinting of Carl Barks in a proper format. And that was you would, probably, you that would was not early. want to <laughs> wow my first Carl books uh book was actually a gemstone book which is basically reprinting all of the bark stories that inspired ducktales episodes oh, so i picked up I, uh, I got volume two <laughs> yeah and the introduction in front was mm-hmm. basically bashing the ducktales show left and right i'm like i love this show yeah oh no <laughs> And then and, I read the comics. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it, it, the, the 80s and 90s was like a really good time because, uh, yeah, Disney turned around their animation and started doing animation for television. DuckTales is one of them. And then yeah. they did Chip and Dale's Rescue Rangers and Goof Troop and all the other ones. Tailspin, whatever. Yeah, that was my era. Yeah. <laughs> and it was, you know, even though I was already pushing being an adult and into being an adult, I still watched them all. I mean, it's like, 
And it's like, hey, they can make good cartoons for television. I didn't know they could do that. Yeah, <laughs> all you have to do is hire Japanese studios. Exactly. And uh, so there, you know, there was like a real golden era there for about a decade, I think, you know, just everything was firing on all cylinders. And then, you know, you got the Simpsons coming in there and then all the Warner Brothers stuff, you know, that uh, part of the story, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and uh, then, you know, uh, what this guest was talking about is, you know, the Disney's figured, you know, and we all knew this. It's like, well, why license this stuff out? We've been licensing it out to Dell and Gold Key and Whitman and blah, blah, for 50 years. We don't need to do that anymore. We'll do it ourselves. Well, in the 90s, that was easier said than done. Oh, yeah. Every comic book company was going down. Yeah. All because of shiny covers. Yeah. And I asked him about that, too. Uh, I said, you know, did the, like, things like the Superman death issue and, 10 versions of X-Men number one, things like that, uh, have any effect on it or any relation with what was going on at Disney. And he said, to an extent, but it was just the industry in general. I mean, they were all putting out like the foil covers and the multi-covers and this, that. They mm-hmm. still do that now, but it it created their own implosion because, you know, there's just too much to keep up with. And, and they released too much stuff. Like, yeah. there's, like, free Roger Rabbit titles and yeah. a whole bunch of stuff based on the TV shows. And at one point, we were going to do a Final Fantasy comic of all things. <laughs> and so when it cut back, I actually was happy to a certain extent because, uh, you know, there were too many titles and not so many good ones. I mean, there's a couple they cut that I actually like. Mm-hmm. Like, I like... I like Goofy Adventures, but I've always liked Goofy over the Ducks anyway. Yeah, I've been trying to collect slowly a little bit of everything. Yeah. And, and to a certain extent, some Mickey Mouse is really good. You know, it, it depends. Yeah, on the grab, and yeah. then Marvel picked up the rights for a little bit. Yeah. And I bought those, but they they kind of kept too much to the theatrical. Like, there's a Little Mermaid and Aladdin and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, <laughs> they briefly distributed the... Uh, uh, Gladstone stuff, yeah, for a little bit. From yeah. what I've seen at uh, conventions, for like always a dollar each. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I'll get those. Uh, uh, oh yeah, uh, Spider-Man shiny cover for fifty bucks. Uh, no, I'll get fifty D- Disney comics for that amount of price. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I, I, I jumped off the Disney bandwagon basically uh, when. Gemstone got it back and they did it wrong this time. When they got it back, what did they do? Well, they called our friends. I was in a. Do you know what an APA is? No. This would be like the precursor of social media. <laughs> Instead of everybody emailing or uh, chatting back and forth or doing what we're doing, um, you know, it's like they would create a it, it stood for amateur press association and i was in one called where the fun begins or wtfb for the disney afternoon mm-hmm. and uh everybody would write their own article and uh if there was 30 people in the group he made 30 copies and he sent them all to this one address and the one guy that gets them all he compiles them into a staple bound book and sends them out to everybody which and you paid like a like a annual fee kind of like a subscription because you know it costs money mm-hmm. to do it and stuff like that but the fact that everybody printed their own stuff kind of kept the cost down so 
Yeah, so you're basically basing, paying for postage. Anyway, so that's what people did before <laughs> internet and blogs and things like that. And there's like some really famous Zappas, like this one called Kappa Alpha, you might have heard of. And some famous people in the comic industry have were, were part of that, like Mark Evanier and Scott Shaw and things like that way back when. So anyway, <laughs> um, my point of saying all that is we were talking about uh, uh, those type of gemstone comics. We, we groused about the Disney implosion when Disney uh, got rid of all the titles. And then uh, when gemstone got them back, we called them coverless comics because they were actually not printed with glossy covers. They were just the same stock on the interior of the comic. And the interior Oof. of the comic was like the Mando paper or something like that. It wasn't oh, like no. the high, you know, quality glossy stock. And it was like, how cheap can you get? And lots and lots of reprints. So that's yeah, I, my Jepson comic is not doing so good. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when I jumped off the bandwagon. And then at the same time, which is really bizarre, they kept Walt Disney's comics and stories going. But they kept it as like this square bound paperback volume that was like ten bucks a month or something. And it's like I can't afford Ooh, that. That's crazy. You know, and they did that. Yeah, that's crazy years. when you can get uh, Looney Tunes for like a dollar or two dollars yeah, for And it DC. was like a dollar back then. I mean it's it costs a little more now, you know. I think it's like two ninety nine now, Looney Tunes. It's uh, five yeah. bucks here in Canada. Thank oh, okay. you, inflation. <laughs> yeah, and in, in in the US it's two ninety nine. <laughs> Close enough to three. Anyway, so, but, you know, that's when I jumped off the Disney bandwagon, and then they stopped publishing for a while. So um, I think I bought a few when Boom came in because a friend of mine, uh, two friends of mine that were in WTFB, they worked on those comics. One was David Gerstein. You may have heard yeah, of him. Yeah, I talked to him a lot. Okay. <laughs> and the other is Joe Torsivia, who did a lot of the Uncle Scrooge stories um, for a while there. And if you don't know who he is, you'll see his name occasionally on the cover. Yeah. I basically started collecting Disney comics when Boom first came. And yeah. it was like Comics and Stories number 699, where it was like a culture yeah, like Eros kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard mixed things about that uh, entire series online. Yeah. And for me, it's just been frustrating because, you know, I, I, you know it's like I want it to be just a solid nice title like it used to be and consistently published which you're having that problem and it's like yeah I, you know i can't keep up with it because i try to with my harvey stuff and it's like ugh, you know and now they're not being published anymore so i'm like eh, okay <laughs> yeah my comic subscription is pretty bare at the moment all of the stuff i keep subscribing to gets canceled yeah <laughs> i've <laughs> like Harley funny. Quinn, gone. Right. Ghost Spider, gone. Gwenpool, <laughs> gone. Archie, hiatus. Yeah. They'll never return. Now, now you know what I went through. It's like you know when back in the '90s, I was collecting every Archie title except for the the Digest. I was just getting the standard books. Yeah, I was all just the, collecting. All, I was just collecting the stuff at the grocery stores. I was getting all the Archie titles. I was getting all the Disney titles. I was getting all the EC reprints. And I got Looney Tunes, and I think, yeah, uh, DC was doing Animaniacs and Pinky and the Brain back then, and I think Marvel was doing uh, Beavis and Butthead and uh, Ren and Stimpy, and I was getting all those things, yeah. you know. And now none of them are 
And, and yeah, Marvel does not even do licensed stuff anymore. Yeah, like the last time they did was Disney Kingdoms. That's it. Like it was just a bunch of comics based on the theme park rides. Yeah, and I heard that got canceled due to low sales. Yeah, I, yeah. I just... Tiki Room could not save it. <laughs> I, I love the Tiki Room comic, but it's like. People that bike Marvel comics don't expect talking birds. They expect superheroes to die and come back a month later. <laughs> so you do a, you said you do a lot of reviews online, and before mm-hmm. we started uh, recording, Harry, uh, you mentioned that you sometimes get a little heat for some of your reviews. So could you explain a little further? <laughs> uh, basically, I don't share the same opinions as everybody else. Like I'm gonna say it right now. I am not a fan of Don Rosa's Disney stuff. <gasps> I'm not either. <laughs> sorry, because Don. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, but the way he draws the Beagle Boys so realistically, uh-uh, not my yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. And, well, that's mostly it. Like, I like to see Disney comics done in different styles. Like, yesterday I posted a picture of a new IDW book coming out, yeah. and everybody hated the art style. It's like, it's just for one issue. It's oh, that, not the I end saw of the world. Cover. And the, the artist, his name is Harvey. I think his last name. That's why I was making a joke about it. Yeah, um, and basically, it's like, I hate that everybody wants to stick to the Bart's formulas. Like, I like detailing comics because we do their own thing. Yeah. Actually, I, I, didn't, uh, I didn't comment on the art style, but I thought, hmm, that's a, that's a... That's not too bad. I mean, it's not. It's, too- it's because the kids today love different art styles. Like uh, it's like yeah. something something that pops is the thing they'll get their attention. Yeah, I mean the two art styles I don't like really. I don't like too much anime manga versions of like Disney, and I don't like it if they make them a little too, like beyond Disney baby. Yeah, cute. that's it's, why it's- I like the Kingdom Hearts manga that came out. Basically, it was made cartoony. Yeah, and the artist made sure to make the Disney characters look on model as possible. Right, and you know, I agree with you. And and then I'll tell you my take on Don Rosa. Now, I know you said you're not a fan of EC Comics, but they published the original Mad when it was a comic book. Well, all the way through, actually, when it was a magazine. Yeah, the only (laughs) way I know about EC is because I love the Tales from the Crypt Keeper cartoon. Oh, okay. That's um, another. That's another hot, hot take that I have. I prefer the cartoon to the live action show. Sorry. Oh, cool. <laughs> I like the live action show too, though. Uh, it's fact, just I prefer uh, how they designed the Crypt Keeper. Like he doesn't look like a, he doesn't look like a rotting bag of bag of bones. Right. I know that's what he's supposed to be, but I prefer the cartoon version better. Right. No, I agree with you. But let me get, get tell you what I was saying about the Mad. So Mad had this artist named Bill Elder. He's passed away now. Uh, but he mm-hmm. did uh, spot-on caricatures of, uh, you know, the Disney characters and things like that. They Is that the one where Donald gets sent to a duck farm? Yeah. It's called Mickey Rodent. So that that's, oh, no. that, that's Bill Elder's artwork. Anyway... Uh, but he can draw in any style and imitate anything like that. And when Don Rosa started doing uh, his uh, Uncle Scrooge and Duck stories and things like that, I said, he's more suited for something like Mad and uh, with a Bill Elder yeah, style. I don't think he has a Carl Barks. You know, and, and 
I've met uh, Don Rosa a couple times. He's a sweetheart of a guy. I mean, I'd interview him on here. Not he to me. He probably he probably wouldn't <laughs> want to be interviewed since I'm dissing him. But you know, I don't like his art style for the ducks. It's like, and and more than one person has recommended it to me, even though I read it when it first came out. They go, well, Mark read the the history the life and times of uncle scrooge and it's like i, I did hate I, I, I i did read that i almost did a review on it but at the end i didn't do it i it's just everybody made it seem like it was the best thing ever and i read it, i was like is that it yeah i've seen italian comics better than that yeah, so, I mean, we're not making Disney fan friends if anybody's listening, but, you know, <laughs> it's like, yeah, um, I, I'm, gl I'm glad you think similarly because, you know, I, I'm one of the few who does say that I don't care for Don Rose's art on the ducks, and they go, what? And I know, yeah. and I've seen it, you know, Rosa goes to Europe, and he's mobbed like a beetle or something, you know, like one of the Beatles it, or something it's like crazy. that. crazy. You know, and it's like... I, I did meet him at a convention once. Yep. And I could tell it did not leave a good impression because I had a DuckTales shirt on and there's a <laughs> sign specifically saying, I'm an artist, I don't do DuckTales. <laughs> DuckTales is not a good thing. It, this is the original DuckTales. This is the good one. This is the one from Barks. It's like there's yeah. this big sign of his convention table. Yeah. I mean... I, I will tell you, I had one quibble when DuckTales first came out, and this is the original series. I haven't seen uh, it. Yeah. Uh, is that I wish Donald Duck was on it more often because he was in the comic. But yeah, I, I could live without it because they had other characters that were quite interesting. Did like you want to hear why they didn't add him that much? Um, I think I know, but tell me. <laughs> it's because Michael Eisner was afraid that Donald Duck would steal the spotlight. That and the fact that he People could barely understand what he's saying. And because the Barks version of Donald Duck talks so much, it might be a little bit harder to understand as time went on. So that's why Donald didn't show up as much. And it, it's the same thing for the new show. Donald's in like a couple episodes per season. That's it. Well, now if you put him in there, it, for most people, it'd probably seem weird to have Donald. Why is Donald Duck in these stories? Because he's in the original comic? What? Yeah, and <laughs> in the original show, yeah. it was so weird when we introduced Fenton Crackshell, who is better known as Gizmo Duck, because mm -hmm. he is basically Donald Duck's design, except for, like, puffy hair. Right. <laughs> and he basically took the role of Donald in a couple of the Bark adaptations. Right. Like the Tra-La-La one. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, that's what you have to do. I mean, it's not, not every... Uh, uh, Bark's Disney story has excessive amounts of Donald Duck, but a lot of them he's in integral to the story, and it's hard if yeah. you're going to adapt it directly. My uh, favorite one is probably a weird choice. And it's what? It's the one where the nephews run away from home on Christmas Eve because they think that Donald will be mad that they destroyed his Christmas presents with the garage. And Donald goes out to go find him. It's so heartwarming, that story. <laughs> yeah I, I i have uh nothing but pretty good things to say about uh, nothing but good things to say about the original ducktales like i said the newer series didn't haven't seen it much i know they redesigned the characters and recast and stuff like that i honestly like the new show but yeah, it does right. have it does have its flaws okay the beagle <laughs> boys get ignored after season one 
Aww. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, basically they introduce some new villains. Yeah. And basically Magica is reduced to being a joke. Hmm. But honestly, Magica was always kind of a joke villain compared well, to yeah. other stuff like the Phantom Blot. Yeah. The Phantom Blot is in DuckTales now. Hmm. That's cool. And yeah. he's voiced by the bad guy from Breaking Bad. <laughs> But the thing I don't like with the Phantom Blot is that now he has this, like, infinity gauntlet thing on his hand. He basically steals magic. <laughs> so basically he's going around trying to steal people's magic power. So he took – he basically tried to destroy Magicka because she destroyed his village as a kid. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing with the DuckTales cartoon is that – they do changes and people are not taking it well. Now, do you review those too, or do you just stick? Uh, no, we have somebody else that reviews the cartoons. Unfortunately, okay. <laughs> I've been reviewing the Ducktales comics from IDW, mm-hmm. and they did do a classics volume which had. Uh, oh, I'm not sure who it was. I think it was like Van Horn. It was uh, the it was the Ducktales comics from Gladstone. Yeah. Yeah, I think they reprinted a bunch of those to promote the show. Yeah. And the new comics. Like, uh, one thing I have to say about the IDW sh- comics based on the shows is that they're produced so far in advance that they barely feature anything from the show. Like, the <laughs> Tangled comic yeah. only has the main characters. There's no characters from later in season one. DuckTales, it's the same thing. It's just the Scrooge characters, the Beagle Boys, and there's barely anything from later in season one because these comics are produced so far in advance that they're kind of limited what they can do. Hmm. I have a question about all that. Um, Since you're reading all of them, Mm -hmm. are are these stories produced here in the U.S., or where are they produced? Um, It's written by Americans, but all the art is done in Italy. Okay. <laughs> by, the, by the were... Disney Italia team. Okay. Because it seemed like it was heading that way anyway. That yeah, Mark... all the Frozen stuff, all the incredible stuff, all of the art, all of the scripts are done here. Okay. But all the art is being done in Italy. Huh. It, wow. It's kind of <laughs> weird. Like It's like almost every new comic you get is the same thing. It's all scripts from America, but all of the artists are from Italy. Wow. <laughs> like Dark Horse recently did a few comics where it was Snow White, Little Mermaid, and a bunch of other movies, but from the point of view of the main character. So it, it, it's a it's a good bunch of comics. Like you see much more of what Snow White is thinking throughout the movie and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Basically trying to fix what the original couldn't. And all of the art is done in Italy, so it looks pretty good. <laughs> Is there a reason for that? Is it cheaper or you don't know? I honestly think <laughs> it's just cheaper. Yeah. Because uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what the exact thing is, but I think yeah. that hiring American people is a lot more expensive than shipping out to Europe. Yeah. That's, that's, that's just my guess. Yeah. Like the so, only American comic was the Joe Book's Darkwing Duck and the Joe Book's uh, Disney Princess, because those used American writers and American artists. Okay. But they were published in Canada. 
That's right. <laughs> yeah, because Joe Joe Books is from Canada. That's right. That's right. It was. I forgot. <laughs> so it was. It's like you can't you can't even call them American comics because they're published by a Canadian company. It's the American continent, North America. <laughs> anyway. Uh, now, are there any other Disney things out there? Like, is you mentioned Journal of Mickey? Is that still being published and things like that now? Uh, yes, it is. Okay. Uh, like, pretty much all of the comics from Europe are like in their like issues three thousand, four thousand. They they're like weekly because there's so much Italian stuff that they can publish these things forever. Well, I know, you know, I I knew that back in the the eighties. I said, wow, I, I you know, I. I heard about all this stuff that was being published in magazines like Topolino and things like that. And yeah, because every the time de Mickey or whatever it's called. Yeah, it. every time I would go travel, I would yeah. collect a Disney comic from that country. So I've got a whole bunch of Disney comics from different countries that I've been to. Right. And the sizes are so different. Yeah. There is one that can barely fit in my hand. <laughs> it's a, it's called Donald Pocket. How big was it? I don't think I heard that one. Is it... Ugh, I'll have to show you after okay. the show. Okay. <laughs> I mean, is it really small? Like teeny? It movie? is. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's like it's smaller than one of my Don uh, Mickey plushes. Wow. <laughs> That's how small it is. And is it legible? Like, can you read something? Uh, <laughs> yes, it is. Because the uh, the way that uh, European comics are done is like all the text is like pretty big. Oh, okay. And is it possible to read it without destroying it? Or is it, like, so fragile? You have to be careful. Yeah, I figured. Because <laughs> I know Cause, Marvel... Because it, it's like, a, it's like a, what American comics used to be published in, like, that very thin paper from, like, the 50s and uh, 60s. Okay. Yeah. Because, um, like, recently... Um, uh, well, let's jump back. Back in the 60s, Marvel did these little mini comic books that are literally, like, one like a half an inch by three quarter inch or something, oh, you know, no. and, uh, they're like, uh, 64 pages each or something. And they're tiny. And, I, and now they're valuable because they came out of little vending machines and things like that. Well, fortunately, and I forgot which publisher did it, but they reprinted them and they reprinted them in a normal size. So they're actually, you know, you can hold them in your hands and read them like a normal book. So they finally reprinted them after yeah, that does remind years. Me, <laughs> it reminds me of something that Marvel did recently. Hmm. They signed a contract with Archie to have Marvel reprints done through Archie Digests. Oh, yeah. It, yeah. it was basically the Marvel Comics Digest, and it got canceled after eight issues because, let's face it, who wants to read a big Marvel comic in such a tiny format? Yeah. Well, I, 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 I saw those, and I was going to buy them, but the problem I had with them, uh, apart from the size, is just the choice of stories. It kind like, of, basically, and, it was like two to three 60s titles, and then all the rest is like adaptations from like the cartoons yeah and i'd rather have it all old stuff or all new stuff or you know they it's love to do that nowadays, you know it's like i don't get it <laughs> i don't uh, know <laughs> um let's see so you send me all these uh emails about the disney streaming right yes that's, that's you i just want to make sure because <laughs> i get yeah so i'm <laughs> i'm the one that's like hey i'm gonna remind you that we're adding stuff every week okay and you're, it, you're you're basically commenting 
when they would add new stuff, I'm like, okay, I'm going to start tagging you. Yeah. And I thank you. Well, I, I think you tagged me even before I got the service, but it was my wife who finally said, I'm just going to subscribe you to it because I kept talking about, it. should I get it? Should I, you know, <laughs> it's like... well, it's, it's only like, it's only six bucks a month for yeah. a, a whole bunch of Disney stuff. Why not? Yeah. And we get Hulu and ESPN. We don't watch that, but you know, actually we don't have Hulu here. Oh, okay. With our no, deal, no, we're limited with uh, streaming services. Oh, with have, with, have, with uh, our deal, it's you get Disney with Hulu and, and ESPN, ESPN and uh, HBO Max. So that's all clumped together. Yeah, that's so <laughs> weird. It's like, hey, we're gonna promote the rival. Yeah, I know. And the rival's not that good. And unfortunately, here's the catch. Also, right now, I have a Roku TV, and Roku TV doesn't support HBO Max. So if I want to watch yeah. HBO Max. I have to watch it on my phone. Anyway. Yeah, I or on my computer watch it here, here. on my TV, <laughs> on like a Samsung or on my iPad. Yeah. But anyway, uh, so I appreciate those email updates. But, you know, you know me. I like the older stuff, so I kind of grouse and go, why isn't this here? Why isn't that there? <laughs> and I would usually say, oh, it's because we don't have it in good enough conditions. These yeah. things take time. Yeah. But sometimes... I have it in good condition because I have it on a Blu-ray or something. It's just not on there, and I don't still don't. It's probably it. a licensing thing, yeah. unfortunately, because yeah. DUS has so many streaming services that there's like a whole bunch of deals going on, and that's why like a bunch of Fox stuff is not in the US, but it is in Canada. Like recently, we got uh, Big and Home Alone Four, Home Alone Five, and those oh, wow. kind of things. <laughs> Yeah, I it's think like we, we have a whole bunch first, of Fox first stuff. First two home loans, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we we had those since last year. Yeah, and like I told you, it's like we got a bunch of Christmas stuff. Now it might have been on there last Christmas, but I didn't have the service then, so they had taken it off for a while. Yeah, and then um, it just popped on there one day, you know, and I go, wow, you know. <laughs> and now there's a whole playlist of just Christmas stuff. Right. <laughs> so. Um, and then one time, I don't think I told you this, but, it, you know, maybe I did. Uh, you had mentioned that you have this group function. Well, now we have it. We didn't have it before. Uh, yeah, that was, uh, that was in Canada first for some reason. Yeah. Uh, maybe they're test driving it. and they Yeah. So I guess and you and I didn't even use it because I don't have any friends. I was going to say, you and I can watch something now. Wee! Yeah. <laughs> but why? I mean, you can I'll watch torture else, you but... to modern cartoons. <laughs> uh, no, but I'm kidding. I'm kidding. All the modern Disney shows are good. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I was surprised. It's like, yes, I grouse about not having a bunch of the older stuff, but. Um, I do, I do like that uh, Jeff Goldblum uh, National Geographic series. Um, There's a second season coming out. Yay. And uh, I like the, uh, the show about um, uh, the, um, oh, what's the, the Imagineering show. I can't think of the name of it, though. Uh, the Imagineering Story. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah. that's by uh, Leslie Iwerks. I love her stuff. Yeah. And... Uh, I like, uh, to a certain extent, uh, you know, there was a, a pet show that is hosted by Howie Mandel. That was good in a... Uh, we don't have that small. here, unfortunately. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah it's, like, uh, it's okay. like we have all this Fox stuff, but <laughs> yeah. National Geographic, uh, forget yeah. it. It's like uh, we have huh. the National Geographic stuff because it's all uh, licensed to Netflix here. Oh, okay. So we have to wait yeah. for their deal oh, to okay. end before it comes here, like uh, okay. that Gordon Ramsay show. 
Yeah, we, we have just that. we yeah. just got it two months ago. Okay. <laughs> that was a launch thing in the U.S. Okay, so yeah, there's a lot, and there's a doc, quite a few documentaries that were new, like Titanic, a new one, uh, and there's the Frozen there. Two documentary, yeah. which is honestly, I could not believe that got approved because it it shows <laughs> a lot of dirt that mm-hmm. that Disney documentaries from the '90s would not even show. <laughs> but. Um, it seems like you get everything uh, Muppets and everything Star Wars, correct? Um, uh, we are least... missing a couple of Muppet stuff because, uh, let's face it, uh, licensing issues is a big problem when it comes to songs and dead celebrities. So don't expect <laughs> Muppet Show and Muppet Babies, the original, to be there. Well, yeah, and, that's not here either. And right? we're, <laughs> we're missing a couple of movies because those are owned by Sony. So yeah. Muppets Take Manhattan and Muppets in Space. Yeah, although those are on another service. I forgot which one, but I It's saw. on Netflix here. Okay, that's probably where and it is. And <laughs> in, in terms of Star Wars, we have yeah. everything that's considered canon. Yeah. So yeah. the only things we don't have is the infamous Christmas special, the, <laughs> cartoon, the cartoons from the 80s, yeah. and those two weird Ewok movies. Oh, yeah, I was going to ask about those. Okay. <laughs> so everything that Disney considers canon Yes, yeah. even the Clone Wars cartoon that was made by Warner Brothers is on air. Yeah. Uh, did they? I didn't notice it, but they probably have it. Did they have the Clone Wars movie, theatrical movie? Yes, yes, they okay. do. Okay. Um, it's just that they removed the Warner Brothers logo at the start. Ah, uh, okay. And it's then, just Lucasfilm. And then I noticed that they did it. A Lego Christmas special, which I bookmarked. I haven't watched yet. Yeah, uh, I it's it's good, but it's not for everybody because it's more for kids. But there yeah. is a lot of references to the movies. Yeah, well, that's why I said uh, I watched just the trailer. I said this might be watchable. If yeah, it's basically not, the plot is: what if we put the character that everybody hates throughout all of the movies? <laughs> <laughs> like I like Ray, but everybody hates her online. I feel so bad for her. Wow. You know, I don't mind. The the, the one that drove me nuts, in fact, somebody, I forgot who posted this on Facebook. It doesn't matter. Somebody posted uh, an old TV guide ad for the original uh, holiday special. <laughs> and um, uh, people were saying, oh, gross, makes me sick. Whoa. You know, and then I just wrote, uh, better than Jar Jar. <laughs> <laughs> and I was going to put but I decided to hold back because there are fans. I said, I was going to put better than the prequels, but I'm not a big fan of the prequels. Honestly. Yeah. I said, I like parts of the prequels. So it's like, yeah, uh, you know. I, I can sit for revenge of the Sith. That's about yeah. it. But the new movies, I'm going to be controversial again. I like them. I do too. Um, it's like, I don't, I don't get all the hate. It's just, if, it just shows the dark side of the Star Wars fan base that everybody yeah. is like, oh, that's what a Star Wars fan is. Like, yeah. I'm just a common fan that just likes the movies yeah. and the comics. I don't go through all of that, like, fan fiction <laughs> stuff. Or I, I, will say, they, I was supposed to call it the uh, legend stuff. I will say that episode eight, when I first saw it, I didn't like it. And it wasn't for the reasons everybody else didn't like. Me, it was the casino stuff. I honestly did not like the casino scene. That's the only thing I did not like about Last Jedi. Yeah. I didn't uh, care for it. And I realized why when I saw it a second time. is because, And then I saw episode nine right after in the theater. Um, I realized I didn't like it because it was kind of like uh, Empire Strikes Back. It was a cliffhanger. 
you know. <laughs> and it was a different director doing it. Yes, and uh, so you know, and the, but I liked it more the second time I saw it. I said, okay, this isn't bad. You know, now that I know what's going on. Yeah. I was getting kind of confused on that one. I said, "Yeah, no, is this going to go the route of some other movie series where it's like, you know, it's like keep it kind of sane, you know, for these nine, please. I mean, if you want to really screw up Star Wars, you you have free reign to do it now. Although, oh, yeah. and although they're not doing thing. it with because the Mandalorian's actually decent, but you know, it's like mm-hmm. I don't care anymore. You know, it's like yeah, remember I saw Star Wars when it wasn't a New Hope and when it was just called Star Wars." When I was ten years old, so I'm an old man with this mm-hmm. stuff. <laughs> and oh, one more thing: yeah. even if the original version, Episode Eight, would have been done by George Lucas, Luke still would have died. Yeah, sorry. The only thing I don't like about Seven, Eight, and Nine as a whole, I just wished that they had one scene with Luke, Leia, and Han together. In mm-hmm. the film, just like yeah. at the beginning or something, they were having like a mini reunion, and then Luke got called off somewhere, and, and Han or got even off. as four you know, spirits, you know, it's like because they were all alive, they were in the same room reading the script together. They can't film the, you know, it was like, yeah. you know, it was such a disappointment. And then of course Carrie Fisher dies, you know, and so now you can't even do that even in fantasy, you know, it's like without CGI and it's like And then Han Solo shows up in episode nine out of nowhere. It's like yeah. hi, I'm here. Even yeah. though I don't want to be here. I'm the only actor that hates being in these movies. Yeah. And I still come back. <laughs> and it's like they didn't even do a CGI reunion. They could have done that, you know. It's like uh, I mean, they bring back Palpatine. They bring back everybody, and they can't bring back the three stars of the original trilogy for one scene. They even brought back Frank Oz. Yes. <laughs> it's a miracle. <laughs> That's true, because he had retired from Muppets and everything else. So. And considering <laughs> his views on Disney, I'm surprised he did it. Because <laughs> he like hates money. what the Disney has done with the Muppets. Yeah. Even though I like the new stuff, I'm going to be controversial again. I love the ABC show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and Muppets Now. I know it's a mess, but I still liked it. <laughs> I only watched the first episode, but I thought it was pretty funny. Um, the only yeah. thing I, I didn't like, you know, I, I didn't like the ABC show as much, but it might be because when it was originally airing, uh, since it's kind of it depends on the continuity Mm-hmm. And uh, I didn't get all the episodes because, you know, it was back when TV wasn't streaming as much still, you know. And so, you know, I'd miss a piece and I go, what's going on this week? I, you know, this is too hard to follow. Did, so, you hear, did you hear about all the things that happened with that show? No. What? How basically they had to kill it halfway through and rework almost the entire show just to please the older Muppets fan base. <laughs> and because it took five months the ratings were so down that yeah. pleasing the fans ended up killing the show. Yeah. I didn't need them to do that, you know, even though I... It's I, like, I, I, was def- I was defending the show left and right because, let's yeah. face it, Muppets were always for adults. Yeah. And the company, after Jim Hansen died, they, like, flanderized it so much until Disney bought them. Yeah. Like, all the, all the Muppets stuff from, like... 
the Christmas special on NBC with the fear factor scenes? Like, uh, no, that's not my Muppets. I know. Well, I used to say for years, I said Muppets without Jim Henson isn't the Muppets. But uh, I do like the, the last two theatrical films, Muppets and Muppets Most Wanted. I thought they did a decent job there. I liked it, but the advertising killed it. (laughs) Because Disney at the time could not do a good trailer. Tangled, it barely showed what the movie was about because they were like, oh no, uh, Princess Princess the Frog flops because we focus it too much on girls. Let's make it like a big action thing for the boys. Make a trailer that's like the final scene of Maximus riding the horse and make it look like it's a cop chase. Yeah. Well, they also had to change the name, too. I mean, it's like, why don't you just call it Rapunzel? What's wrong with that? You know, it's it like, was Rapunzel <laughs> unbraided. It's like, oh, yeah. no, we got to change it to please the boys. It's tangled. The same thing with Frozen. I mean, it was the, the what was it called? The Emperor's Night uh, Tale or something? It, I think it was just a Snow Queen. Snow Queen, that's what it is. Emperor's and Night Tale. Brave was, was the bear in the bow. Yeah. And then, boom, Brave. Yeah. One like word it. titles. Yeah. So, I don't know. I roll my eyes and I still and see these things. I, I, unfortunately, onward. Onward is just the frozen font. Right. <laughs> it's like I, when I notice that, I'm like, is Pixar super lazy now? Yes. Because <laughs> so, except for Onward, all their movies are sequels. So, it's like. <laughs> yeah, and I'm super glad that. Uh, they got Pete Doctor to be in charge now because now we're seeing more original stuff coming in. Like uh, Disney Plus, they had these like shorts called Spark Shorts and they're amazing. It's like more stuff that's for like mature audiences more than the movies. Like, and they cover some heavy topics and same thing with the Disney Shorts. Uh, Those were called, uh, uh, it's like a, I forgot the names, but it was basically shorts done by the younger animators, mm-hmm. and they're all super good. Yeah. Oh, it's Short Circuit. That's the name of them. It's Short Circuit. Hmm. Okay. I've seen them on there, but I haven't watched them yet. So I'll have to yeah, you should. That. They do different art styles and different. Uh, they focus on different effects. So um, I guess overall on uh, Disney. Uh, channel of not disney channel disney Disney plus Plus. (laughs) actually that's a question does it disney channel still exist after all this Uh, yes it is but they're (laughs) shutting down all of the ones around the world okay because i was wondering about that it's like isn't it kind of redundant i don't know but it's like yeah basically it's basically the only reason that people watch uh disney channel disney xd is just to watch the new episodes because Usually, you'd have to wait until the season finale airs, and that the month later it drops on Plus. Oh, I see. Okay. So that's what we do with like Ducktales and Tangled series and all that stuff. It's like after the finale airs, yeah, a month later, boom, all of it's on Disney Plus. Yeah, but that'll probably change. They'll probably start premiering things directly on mm-hmm. Disney Plus and just phase out. Speaking the of premieres, have yes. you watched the new Mulan movie yet? I have not because I didn't want to pay extra for it. Well, I got good. I got good news for you. It's, it's gonna be it's gonna be free next month. Uh, that's why I was waiting too. I knew it was free in December, so it's like. <laughs> and now we're getting Soul too, the new Pixar movie. Mm-hmm. So that's and it's not, not gonna, it's not gonna, it's not gonna be thirty bucks. Okay, it's free. 
Okay. And it's coming down on Christmas Day. Yeah, like see, see, I like free. I mean, I watched Hamilton. I wasn't uh, planning to like it, but I actually enjoyed I, it. So. <laughs> I tried, but the rapping went so fast that I could not watch it without oh. subtitles. <laughs> well, hey, I watched it. Uh, my, my sister had visited during the coronavirus time, um, but she came by last summer, and uh, uh, we didn't get sick. Uh, and I just put it on just to show that we had Disney+. Plus. And she says, oh, I've seen Hamilton a couple times, you know. And uh, I go, really? Okay, is it any good? She goes, yeah, I liked it. And so I just put it on. And then after a bit, I got caught up in it. I go, hey, this is pretty good. I like this. Okay. Right. Yeah, the, yeah, the so. main guy behind Hamilton is yeah. the new voice of Gizmo Duck. Oh, cool. <laughs> and they made, him, uh, they made him Latin. So now his name is Fenton Crackshell at Cabrera. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's like it's pretty nice to have some celebrities in there doing these classic characters too. Mm-hmm. And did you know about the story about uh, them not being able to use Mickey Mouse? On what? On Hamilton? On or? DuckTales. Oh, on DuckTales. Yeah. I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Basically, <laughs> no, I haven't heard this. Go ahead. No, basically, in the 80s, Michael Eisner's only rule for Disney Afternoon was no Mickey Mouse show. You can't use Mickey Mouse. Wow. So in like an episode of Bonkers, you can hear Mickey Mouse, but you can't see him. He's always in shadow. Or for a majority of the episode, he was in a dog cage. Wow. You know those you know those like uh those carryable dog cages you have at like the airport? Right. It's like you hear Mickey Mouse's voice coming out of a of a cage. Weird. Because we can't use Mickey Mouse at all. And that's still the rule now, even long yeah, after in DuckTales, in DuckTales, you can't use Mickey Mouse, but in the season two finale, Donald Duck has a castaway moment. And uh-huh. instead of a volleyball, it's a watermelon that's shaped like Mickey Mouse. Oh, God. <laughs> and it's the voice actor from the 2013 shorts. It's like, okay, here's Mickey Mouse's voice coming out of a watermelon. Hmm. And they so, also so had a role. Well, what about that Mickey and Friends show that's done kind of like in a little? I don't know how you describe it. It's 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 a stylized show, you know that. It's uh, it's basically the 1930s, 1950s clashing together. Right, but I mean, it's how the, do they get away with that? Or is it because Mickey's the star? It's because Mickey's the star. Oh, I get it. So he can't cameo on other shows. No, no I crossovers, no okay. cameos. I, <laughs> And I was saying, also, if you can't do any animation, I mean, they've done plenty of animation with Mickey. And the, the legal <laughs> thing gets worse, believe it or not. It's what? like there was an episode with Tailspin characters, but they couldn't use Below. Oh, brother. Because uh, if, if IP is being used for a movie, you can't have it in the TV shows. So basically, they couldn't use Baloo. They couldn't use King Louie because the... Because the remake was being done at the time. Uh, and then in season three, there was a, supposed to be a cameo from the Rescue Rangers, but that got cut because Disney's been trying to do Rescue Rangers movie for years. Wow. And they snuck it in the storyboards, and slowly and slowly, they've been adding the Rescue Rangers in an episode. And Disney's <laughs> like, okay, fine. You can have the Rescue Rangers, but they can't talk. Wow. So you just hear, you just hear them going like a chittering chipmunk noise. That's it. That's weird. And they're only in there for like three minutes. <laughs> they're like, okay, here we are. I'm gonna save you, Launchpad. I'm gonna save you from Steelbeak. 
by pushing a button and then, okay, bye-bye, cameo over. <laughs> these legal things are so weird. Now, how do you find out about all these? Um... Uh, the producers that uh, have uh, talk on Twitter and they have like, oh, okay. blogs okay. explaining about things. I was going to say, you're following things. something. Like, <laughs> it's like uh, it's like a little behind the scenes thing where they discuss oh, okay. why certain things can't be on the show. Wow, <laughs> it, it's so weird. That is weird. Um, are there any rules for Goofy or any other characters? Uh, <laughs> actually, Goofy did do a cameo, but it was the Goof Troop version. Okay, and that makes sense. Basically, he was in this like wish by the genie from Ducktales the movie, where <laughs> Donald wishes for more normal family. So. The show becomes a 1990s sitcom, like think Full uh, Family House, hmm. uh, uh, Full Fan, whatever the show is. Full House. Yeah, that one. Fuller House now. <laughs> and guess. basically, Donald has Goofy as his neighbor, hmm. and the, and the genie is voiced by Jaleel White, oh, the guy, I'm... the Urkel. Urkel, yeah. <laughs> so it's like a super 90s episode, and then at the end of the episode, Goofy gets dragged out of the wish by accident. So he's just randomly in Duckburg, and I was like, what do I do here? <laughs> it's like the Goofy stuck in Duckburg, and he hasn't been seen since. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so um, I guess... Uh... Well, let me ask you, I know we're going to go on another tangent here, but I need to know because I haven't watched it yet. I've been instructed to watch the new Animaniacs, which premiered today that we're recording. This is going to be uploaded in a couple weeks. It's, so. it's weird um, how they did it here in Canada. Oh, Since we don't have Hulu, they uh-huh. just showed the first four episodes on Teletoon, which is basically our cartoon network. Hmm. And the fifth episode airs tomorrow morning, and then it's going to be a new episode every week because we don't have Hulu, so we can't okay. have. And 13, yeah, we have thirteen episodes all. Yeah, once. basically, <laughs> basically, Chorus is yeah. a big Canadian monopoly company. They have the rights for <laughs> Disney shows, Nickelodeon shows, Cartoon Network shows. So we run the Canadian versions of Disney Channel, Cartoon Network, Nickelodeon. It's all the same company, mm. and they own. YTV and Teletoon, so they own like 90% of all the kids' networks in Canada. Wow. So, because they have the rights to Warner Brothers stuff, yeah. you can't have anything on streaming services. So, Harley Quinn, that's on Adult Swim. Yes, we have a 24-hour Adult Swim channel here, but it's mostly <laughs> all raunchy teen movies because they've wow. got to fill it up somehow. Right. <laughs> and Looney, Looney Tune cartoons is on Teletoon, so basically it's uh, one episode, which is like 15 minutes, and that's so, it. Are those the new Looney Tunes that were made? Yeah, for the H- new ones. HBO from, Max? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It, it's, a weird, it's a weird thing, so we can't have any of that on, le- on streaming services, just TV. Wow. For how long? Forever? Uh, forever. Wow. We have that, we have that Yabba Dabba Do kids thing. <laughs> it's like... Okay, how come we have all of this stuff that American TV does not want? Weird, 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 weird. So anyway, yeah. going going back to Animaniacs, I, I watched the trailers because I've been assigned to uh, watch the new Animaniacs show uh, for a future podcast. So I said, let me watch it first before we have an hour-long discussion so at least I can have some sort of knowledge behind it. I watched the original ones in the 90s religiously. I have all the DVDs and everything. Yeah, like same that. here, so, but I um, don't think it's aged that well, honestly. Uh, so 
Uh, there's still some funny stuff, but there's some skits. So let me give you my impressions, and then you tell me. <laughs> so I saw the trailer. It looks like it's animated in a completely different way than they animated back in the 90s. Yes, it is. Uh, uh, they got the original voice talent, but apparently not the original writers, which isn't necessarily a bad thing if you have, nope. good, if you have good writers, but you, you tell me about that. Uh, it looks like it's only Yakko, Wacko, and Dot, and Pinky and the Brain. I can confirm that's a, that's a fact. Okay. Because, yeah, that was one of the things, if there is a downside in the original animating acts, too many lackluster characters. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, basically a, par- a, a, par- a parody of a gangster movie that no one's ever seen. <laughs> and exactly. the hippos. Yes. Yeah, uh, let's have 11 minutes of fat jokes. Maybe even Chicken Boo, you know. It's like, although I like Chicken Boo. Katie Kaboom. <laughs> because it was so freaking weird. I, I said, okay, let's do this. Oh, and um, that, uh, that but, weird kid that comes out of the house and says something and then just goes back. It's oh, like, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's a time filler. It's so, the kid from Looney Tunes. So without seeing it beyond the, uh, the trailers that were on there, which made it look better than I expected, is it as at least watchable or perhaps even better than the original 90s series. It is, but uh, you can really tell that they're really pushing new jokes about reboots and uh, basically the fact that they've been gone for 20 years. So we have to relearn everything that's been going on (laughs) and expect a lot of Trump jokes. I watched the first two episodes and there was like four of them. Oh, wow. So B- Bill Clinton doesn't play the sax, huh? <laughs> yes, yes, he does. Oh, he does. Okay. He show he shows up. He's not in the intro, but in a song in the first episode, he just shows up out of a fountain for one scene. Mm-hmm. The intro has new lyrics because uh, every right. character got gutted, so we have to fill it with something. Right. <laughs> oh. so oh, like, oh, I, I love they, Slappy Squirrel. So none of the other ones make even a cameo or anything. No. So far, it's okay. just Wacko, Yakko, Dot, Pinky, Brain, and Ralph. That's it. Noel, Myra. And uh, <laughs> was, she, was she even a character that people liked? Well, Myra? No. Yeah. <laughs> I just said that because they did the later series, Pinky, Elmira, oh, and Brain. Oh, don't remind me of that. <laughs> even the writers did not want to do it. <laughs> I thought they might have a uh, like a, a cameo where they could sacrifice. Uh, they did or... have uh, Buster's and Buster and Babs as a very quick cameo for a song, but I'm not going to spoil what it's about. Okay, okay. But expect a lot of cameos from Hanna Barbera. Hmm. Very weird. Very interesting. But I'll, I will watch it, even if you say it was awful. You know, I, I'd still give it a chance. Like the only problem I have with this show is that you can really tell that it's done through vector animation, where it's yeah. like, uh, like where it's like rigged, especially in the first two episodes, because those are done by Snipple, which is notorious for using that. Well, now. Fill me in on this. I mean, is this kind of like Flash animation, or what's it, what's it like? It's it's kind of like Flash, but uh-huh. all of the characters are hand drawn, but they're rigged with like pre drawn uh, facial expressions and different poses. But it's oh, okay. it's it's more it's it's more freedom than Flash. It's uh, what the new Mickey Mouse shorts are done with, or the new okay. Tangled the Tangled cartoon. So when, when, it, it it depends on the studio. When did this come into style? About that the early or... two thousand, uh, the early two thousand tens. Okay. 
like it's mainly cartoons done in Canada that started using it, like like uh, Wander Over Yonder, Tangled, uh, Jake and the Neverland Pirates. Those all use vectorized animation. Okay. So it's, it's really it's it's a lot more free than what you would have with Flash. Okay. Yeah, because Flash used to drive me nuts. Like example that I can think of that always drove me nuts, and I'm a Dr. Seuss fan, is the Wubulous World of Cat in the Hat or whatever it's called, or the Cat in the Hat Knows That or whatever it's called, you know, and the heads keep bobbing up and down, and it's like, ah, I hate that bobbing thing. Yeah, yeah. Animaniacs <laughs> does that a little bit, but it really depends on the studio, like okay. I said, because later episodes are done in Canada, and you can really tell there's a difference. Okay. All right. Like well, with, the, with the Looney Tunes cartoons, like... Uh, a lot of them are done in Canada, but the Bugs and Elmer episodes were mainly done overseas, and you can really tell. Yeah. I'm actually kind of shocked that they tried to do it as close as the originals as they did, mm-hmm. and, and like the new Looney Tunes, because there have been, there's been so many decades now where they keep trying like new versions of the Looney Tunes and stuff like that, and it's like... Just don't like the old ones. What's so hard about that? You know, actually, like... <laughs> actually, they did. Most of the crew behind the new one, yeah, are actually from the previous cartoon that was like Wabbit. Yeah. So we did. We We had the freedom to be more like the original. So we did. Yeah, I mean, Wabbit was close to the original, but they had those crazy designs with the big feet. Why? Yeah. Why, why do that? Just draw them like they're supposed to be drawn. You know, and it's like I, I don't get that on modern cartoons. Like they always have to tweak them. And it's like. You know, I I don't mind the newer Rocky and Bullwinkle cartoons that came out. I don't. We, love we them. don't even have those. Oh, okay. I don't you know, love like, them. Amazon but Prime I mean, does not have yeah. them there. Oh, okay. Uh, but you know, some people they just poo poo them out of hand. But they're not bad. They're not great. You know, it's like. But want to know something the, that's really the bad? Redesign, the redesigns kind of drive me nuttier than the voices. You know, it's like anyway. <laughs> like ahead. the worst one I've seen is the Woodward Picker shorts on YouTube. It's all flash. Yeah, yeah. And it's done in Canada, but it's done by a studio that's notorious for cutting corners. Yeah. It's just weird, you know. It's like it's like if you're gonna bother remaking things, it's I, the I, same studio that did those Popeye ones. <laughs> it is it's like, and then the other thing that they'll do. I don't know if you ever saw Harvey Street Kids. It was called the Harvey Girls. Or I tr- Girls. I watched a couple of episodes. Yeah, you know, and it's like, why even bother? licensing harvey just totally recreated and redesigned all the characters you could make up your own name for it and yeah guys it to modern audiences unfortunately yeah so you know i try to give it a shot i'm not such an old commercial that i go oh it's a remake i can't watch it you know but there's so many times where like they'll do a new version of say hawaii 50 or magnum pi or whatever yeah and it'll just be a name only and it's like they don't have any it's... of the charm or the characters from the old thing why call it that why not call it detect- detectives in hawaii or something you yeah know? to get back to the new <laughs> mickey mouse shorts yeah <laughs> i've seen so many people hate it on the art style and what they've done to goofy it's like uh have you seen what goofy looked like originally that's his original design <laughs> Because he looked like a bum back then. Yeah. It's like uh, these new shorts give Mickey a personality, something he hasn't had in, I don't know, like 60 years. Right. (laughs) He's in a cardboard box. Probably since Walt stopped voicing. Pluto was the focus. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's like, why call it a Mickey Mouse cartoon when it's about Pluto? I don't get it. 
<laughs> Strange. Okay, well, let's kind of wrap things up here. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we talked about quite a bit of different things. So I guess the the first thing I'll ask, I'll ask like three things here. Um, Disney Plus, what's the best thing to watch on there now? Um, I would say the documentaries, like mentioning Story, One Day at Disney, the Frozen 2 one, and a new one just came out called Inside Pixar. Right. And it's actually pretty good. Okay. It, I saw those uh, on there and I bookmarked some of them, but I just haven't watched them yet. So. Yeah, they're only 10 minutes and uh, they oh. just premiered Marvel 616. Mm -hmm. And it's about different aspects of the Marvel Universe. Like the first episode is about the Japanese Spider-Man show. And they interviewed a bunch of people from that show. Cool. All right. And then on Disney Comics, uh, I know they're sporadic. They're on Comixology and digital and everything. But is there anything to recommend now? Um, I would recommend the IDW Big Hero 6 comic because those are done by a friend of mine called uh, Nick. Uh, uh, it's an Italian name, so I'm gonna, probably going to butcher it, but it's like Nicoletta Baldari. She okay. has a very amazing art style. I would also recommend Dark, Host, Dark Horse's Disney Princess comics done by Amy Meperson because those are, those are pretty good. I've heard good things about those. I don't read them, but... <laughs> I'll have to take a check at one of my local stores. Um, and uh, you said thumbs up to Animaniacs. Anything else is worth watching now that I may or may not be doing cartoon or otherwise? Um, I would recommend you checking out uh, the Tangled cartoon and the DuckTales cartoon. All right. And the and checking out the Wonderful World of Mickey Mouse, which is the new series that's from the same creators as the last one. Okay. But they're, they're seven-minute episodes now. Oh, cool. And they have a whole bunch of Disney references. Like, the second episode is about the House of the Future from Disneyland. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> and they have, they have a, a visual joke of Mickey getting scared by the walk-around costumes from the 1930s of many. <laughs> those really scary ones. Right. <laughs> that's cool. Okay, mm -hmm. I will take a check on that too. All right, and if anybody wants to uh, contact you or complain or whatever, uh, websites or emails or uh, Facebook pages that you want to promote? Uh, just uh, DizKingdom, D-I-S-Kingdom.com, where I do my reviews, and if you want to check out Disney News, and that's about it. Thank you for listening, and thank you, Matthew LeBlanc, for being my special guest. Episode number 99 will be coming soon. If you would like to comment and or be a guest on this podcast, please drop me a line at funideas.mark at gmail.com. Become a patron of Mark Arnold and Fun Ideas Productions. If everyone listening just contributed a dollar a month, that would be a tremendous help in continuing the production of my books and this podcast. Also, subscribe to my YouTube channel. The opening and closing music for the Fun Ideas podcast is provided courtesy of Andrew the Slow Poisoner Goldfarb and is used with permission. This has been the Fun Ideas podcast. This is Mark Arnold speaking. This episode is copyright 2020, Fun Ideas Productions. Thank you and good night. Headed home to a cardboard hut with duct tape doors. I'm paying Be glad it isn't yours Now get up Crap Mountain Get up Crap Mountain Get up 
don't fall back. 